Today is Lyft's first podcast episode. Lyft is a social enterprise whose goal is to identify misunderstood needs of low-income people through financial and livelihood diaries research to help them thrive. In this episode, Uganda's country manager Andrew Magunda will be interviewing Anne-Marie Van Swinderer, Lyft's founder. Okay, so um, maybe it would be like this. We are privileged to start our podcast uh, in this moment, and most importantly, with uh, our very own, um, our MD, Anne-Marie. Um, and uh, yeah, how amazing it is to start with a very, very um, interesting subject of gender. So maybe I just wanted to pick it off by starting to ask Anne-Marie. Maybe, Anne-Marie, you could tell us about gender at Lyft, uh, maybe in more general sense. Uh, what is the state of gender at Lyft? How does Lyft look at gender? Thank you. Um, Andrew, um, yes, I would. I would actually like to tell um, the world a little bit more about how Lyft sees gender and how close it is to Lyft's heart. And I think it is it is a theme that is all uh, integrated into uh, the organisations. Um, so we are a woman-owned company. <laughs> I actually own the company, and majority of the staff is is women. Uh, roughly two out of three. Um, I, I think we, at the moment, we have twelve women and, and six men in the company. And um, also, when we when we do field work and we collect data in the field, uh, we always have a majority of women researchers. Um, minimum has been sixty percent women, and and sometimes it is it is more it, like two thirds are women. And um then of course also for respondents we really make sure that we have sufficient um or majority uh, women respondents in in i think in most cases we have slightly more women than men um in the samples and um yeah and we also pay very close attention so that we ensure that the interviews are comfortable for women and that there's no um, barrier for so those women where there might be issues with a husband who doesn't allow them to do the interviews will make sure that um, they get a, a woman interviewer all right that, that's interesting thank you very, very much um so you were speaking about um uh lift in general also about how they think about uh, gender uh, but maybe you could also want to give us an explicit uh, deep dive a bit on how lift uh, um, gender focused research methodologies are included in their research agenda um, in terms of the real research that you do uh, maybe walk us through a little bit um how gender-focused research is, is conducted in the context of, of LIFT. Is, is there anything you want to share about the research methodologies in terms of gender? Well, the, the, the most important thing actually is um, that we need to have both men and women in a sample. Um, we've noticed, actually, in a, in a big study we did in Myanmar, is that uh, we had only uh, women micro-entrepreneurs in the sample. And then you you can see maybe challenges they have. You can see different specific ways of solving problems. You're learning a lot 
about the sample, but with each piece of information, you wonder, is this specific to women entrepreneurs or is it in general for entrepreneurs in, in that country? You know, so if you interview both men and women, you can really much better understand what are the differences and what are the specific problems that women have and what the origins of those problems are or what are the problems that are general for both men and women. Um, so we really in, insist on not focusing only on, on women, but uh, focusing on both sides. And um, then the other thing, of course, is, I mean, it's very obvious, is that you need to display all the information um, and be able to see how male and female respondents have circumstances. Throughout all the data, we, we always, dis in fact, our data are always in a, in a data portal. And normally the number one segmentation is gender. So the, the default format in which you see the graphs is you see them, the, you can compare men and uh, women answers. Um, but that is some, we have some, some surprising findings uh, that we thought gender would be the, the primary um, segmentation. So the, the, the kind of, uh, showing the largest differences. And we expected male and female situation to be very, very different. And in our experience, actually, um, the, the biggest explainer, segmenting explainer, is actually the PPI score. In, for a number of uh, data that we have, we can see that there's a huge difference according to what your PPI score is. And, and that defines quite strongly your, um, your behavior, your chances, your income, a lot of things. And maybe uh, PPI score, it stands for uh, Poverty Propensity Index. It is, um, it's based on like 10 or 12, 10 to 12 questions. In each country, there are specific questions. And we, in, in our samples, we group respondents according to their PPI score. And so if you have one to 20, you're one group, which we label ultra poor. And if you have a 21 to 40 score is poor, etc. Also, we do see some, some explanation in age. Um, for for certain behavior, age is very defining how you how what your chances are, and very differently from what we might think in in um, more wealthy countries, is that the youngest group, say we usually the youngest group for us is usually eighteen to twenty four. Mostly we interview adults, and they have uh, less technology, less skills, and less confidence than the older group. Uh, the second older group for 25 to 34. So there's a bit of a myth um, that we expected the younger, the more able they are with phones, but that is in, in, a, in a poorer environment, that's not the case. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. Um, that's very interesting. Um, so um, we are curious to hear from you. Uh, we know that the research companies that have focused on um, 
doing research um, around low-income earners and um, probably a lot in the global south. Um, but would you maybe want to now give us a bit of a sneak through into specific studies um, that LIFT has done? And you could probably want to talk to us a bit about how the aspects of gender have um, manifested themselves in, in the data you've collected in some of the studies. Any particular examples? Um, okay, let me give you a, a, a pre-peak, but it's just not such a pre-peak. Um, we did a study on young people in Morocco, Nigeria, and Senegal. It was a study for Scale to Save, which is a WSBI, World Savings and Retail Banking Institute um, assignment. And we found there that, um, very interestingly, sometimes young women save more than young men, and sometimes it's the reverse. Um, so in Morocco, women saved considerably more and more frequent. In Senegal, practically the same pattern for men and women. The amount was a little bit more for men and the frequency a little bit more for women. But in Nigeria, men saved considerably more. And that is actually, we've seen that quite a lot in different countries. We've actually seen um, very good male behavior. And so we went into several studies expecting to, to, to hear a lot of men buying alcohol, spending on parties, and, and generally not feeling responsible. And our research actually shows young men are extremely responsible and committed, and they they, um, they certainly don't show um, worse behavior than women. We do see differences in behavior. Uh, for instance, when women save, they they're more likely to save for emergencies or or for instance for for day to day spending. Men the purpose of saving for men is more likely to, to start some enterprise later. But um, it, it, I, I think there are a lot of preconceptions going around in the financial access sector, uh, uh, financial inclusion sector, uh, where we all assume men are bad and women are good. And it, it's a lot more mixed picture. And um, yeah. So, so that is it, it is it is important to to never have a preconceived idea and just to go in neutral and find what is there. Okay, and maybe that that, that you seem to be telling us that um, they are quite um, in terms of parity. Uh, there seems to be um, some commonalities, but are there any surprises from the studies that you have done? Any gender surprises in in particular? Um, other, other, a uh, very important gender surprise, and I have, we've come across that quite often, is that men seem to be more interested in change. And actually, when you ask very direct gender-related questions, like, do you believe, um, you know, how decision-making should take place, or... Um, what is the role of women, role of men? Um, in many locations, you see that men would actually like more equal relationships, and uh, women are more, are slightly more likely to uh, want to to keep the the traditional um, 
the gender roles. And, and there might be many, many different reasons for that. Um, but if you want to bring about change, maybe we could focus more um, on, on men as well and, and sort of work with them because they already want the change. And of course, there's lots of ways of, of, of working with women um, in the same way. But I, I, what to us is the most important learning is that you really have to go in detail and find out what people really feel and think and what they what are priorities for them. And then you will find um, the leads of how to, to go about change. Okay. Yeah, um, I have another general question related to, to gender. Um, we, we, we more, in more instances than not, we usually tend to see quite a lot of variations comes to research uh, feedback around different aspects uh, in terms of age categories. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you. Um, what are, the, are there any age differences, particularly between men and women, in the context of the research that you have done? Do we see a, uh, as people grow in, you know, age, or what? What is the interplay in between the age groups in terms, in terms of the risk? Um, it depends very much on on what you are studying. For instance. When you, when you look at, at the wish to take a loan and the ideas about taking loans and um, all, all, everything related to loans, you see things changing very rapidly over the, a, between 18 and 24, 25. You see young people being very averse to taking a loan and, and just say it's very risky, you, you go bankrupt. And then by the time they reach 25, they start to really want to take loans. <coughs> that is one of the strongest age-related indicators. And for, for other things, you, you find big surprises. Um, in fact, uh, we've got one study where older people were actually once they were less likely to be signed up for mobile money and so less likely to be a customer, but they displayed much higher, much more intensive usage than the younger people. Um, so that was a demonstration that just finding a percentage signed up is not necessarily what you really need. You need to know really the, the, the level of usage. And um, yeah, I mean that, the, there, there are a lot of cases um, where you see uh, sort of a, a mountain shape. So the youngest people are using mobile money less and the oldest are, are, are signed up for mobile money less and the oldest are signed up less and then the two age groups in the middle are more. And for other things, well, it, it, it's not always a straight line that, the younger you are, the more you do something, and the older you are, the more you do another thing. It, it, it very often has a has a V, or um, yeah, what's the opposite of a V? It has a U shape, or it has like a a mountain shape, a hill shape. 
Okay. And, and in that case, then, um, what are the uh, findings telling us in the context of uh, young people, knowing that, uh, you know, countries in Africa and maybe the rest of the world, we have one of the youngest populations uh, in the history of our population, generally, but looking more in terms of the um, third world countries. So in the context of girls and boys, uh, in poor context where you do your research, what is research telling us? Well, are there any uh, interesting findings regarding to young uh, men and women in the context of finance, in the context of uh, work, uh, something of that sort? Uh, let me zoom into one indicator that we find very important. Um, that is the age at which people actually do get married at in a certain community and the age that people think young people should get married at. Um, so this is a question we've been asking in, in many different locations, different groups of people. We've always asked this gender question. And so we are sitting on some, some interesting findings. And I, I will try to display to you um, some of these graphs. So the first question we always ask, um, let me go here. I'm, I'm going to share my screen. Do you see a graph? Yes. Okay. This graph, um, it asks, first asks people, what do you think is the right age for a girl to get married at? And so the, the green is the youngest, the green on the left are younger and you can see that the brown is the biggest um, age. So women and men display a very similar pattern. They both think that the brown line would be the best age for girls to get married at. And that age is 20 to 21 years old. This data is from the refugees in two settlements in, in Uganda. Um, so that is, that is not a very young age. Most people think that is a good time for a girl to get married at, 20 to 21. But then when you go down, you get a graph. Is What do you think is the age at which girls in reality get married at normally? What is the norm? And there, the brown is actually very low. So the, you can see these the highest is a dark blue bar, and that is 16 to 17 year old. So unfortunately, um, in reality, people, young girls get married at 16 to 17. So there's a four year age gap, very large difference. And again, you see that women and men have pretty similar opinions. And then when we ask about male age to get married at, um, also men and women mostly agree. And the biggest bar, the highest bar is also dark blue. Uh, no, that's not also. It is here a sort of a light blue. So they think boys should get married at 24 to 25 years old. But in reality, they are getting married and this is a brown bar, so they are getting married 20 to 21 years old. So also for boys, there's a four-year age gap. 
And so you see in this society that the practices and what people think people should be doing, there's quite a big tension. So over the next years, we should be, we should be seeing that age for girls to get married at will move up and inch towards what they now think is the right age. Um, the other thing that you can find out from this question is the age gap that people think should exist between boys and girls upon marriage. And the actual practice is, is four years difference and the desirable difference is also four years. But still, um, the, currently the age is like 16, 17 against 2021 20, for men and women. So that's a four years difference where the girl is really very young. And, you know, obviously if you're a 16 year old, you're married to a 20 year old, that is a lot less equal than if you're a 20 year old marrying a 24 year old boy, you know, then you are at least already an adult as a, as a woman. And um, the, 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 yeah. So while they think everybody's age should move up they maintain this age gap so we consider that um a, a way of measuring the gender um yeah the the gender equality the the way the the level of equality a certain society desires and i i think it's, it's really important to know that in the, in this group men and women are very much in agreement on something and they might not even realize that about each other and they might never ever talk about it and this kind of data could actually help the community to know you know we're doing one thing and we should, we want to do another thing those are very interesting results uh thank you very very much um Anne-Marie for for sharing um these very interesting and surprising results uh I, i'm also named curious to to hear from you in terms of the, the future of, of research, uh, in terms of agenda, what would you say would be the, the, the gray areas? Um, where should we focus in you know, getting more information to unearth un, un um, issues to do with gender? Where do we have the gap? Um, our knowledge gap or our understanding gap? On, on, Yes. Okay, I think the most yeah, the most important thing maybe to to really find out from people um what their opinions are, like like the one I just showed you on marriage age. Just displaying that kind of information that might be able to help. And, and so, so just continuing to find out what are people thinking, what are people, what, what is the difference between their desires of a gender balance and the practices. So I think if you are an individual, you might not want, you might not dare to talk about it. And if there is data available in your community and you know that there are many other people thinking the same way, um, that this might help those people um, to, to feel secure. Um, I, I think on what exactly we need to know better is um, 
we don't even know that. And so it is really a matter of keep on asking people what are priorities for you and, and collecting ideas and collecting solutions from communities themselves and using those. Um, so, so, for instance, we will do a big round, like what do you think are important, um, important change uh, for you for gender? And then when we use the examples, we can again ask which one would you prefer us to work on? And undoubtedly, you will probably find a lot of surprises. So people in the community might, um, might be thinking in a very different direction from the the programs that are available. All right, thank you very much, Anne-Marie. So maybe uh, you, you would want to give us um, um, a conclusion uh, in, in your context in terms of gender. Yes, I, I think it is very much what, what I was just saying. I think very important that we keep an open mind and that in each community we would start we will test some experiences from other places and we will, we will know what to look for, but we should always make sure that we try to look for everything because you might really run into a gem of information that you, yeah. you had not expected. And so these, the, the way we work with repeat interviews and we, we keep on asking more and more as we are learning, I think for for gender, maybe even more than for other things, is you, you continue to, to learn more from people, to get uh, practical suggestions. Um, these may always continue to, to change, and we must continue to, to follow it and track it and learn from people. That's the conclusion, and learn from people. Oh, perfect, perfect. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie, for your time and sharing with us. Um, the business of research and gender lift. We hope you continue sharing uh, much more of these, and we hope that uh, yeah, lift goes ahead to um, unearth a lot of uh, interesting findings on, on gender and research. Thank you. Mm -hmm.